Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding. They're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They've become callous. They've given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul's Paul's getting serious now. He's getting serious. He's getting for real. And so... Today we are talking about the new life, putting on the new self, the way that you've learned in Christ. And, you know, there's a there's some irony here because Paul is he's talking about the Gentiles. And, you know, it could sound, if you aren't super clear on the context here, it could sound kind of racist and, and mean. Um, because he's it kind of sounds like he's saying those Gentile idiots. But uh, you know, his his audience is largely Gentiles. And so, you know, I think it would be similar to like writing a letter um, to like Christ covenant members and talking about the Americans or something. Um, and so I just think that that's like a helpful little note to start out with. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's all this sort of contrast between the way of man and then the way of Christ and the old self and the new self. Um, so, Tommy, with no further ado, um, beautiful reading, by the way. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> will you will you let us know uh, what you are thinking about Ephesians four seventeen through twenty four? Do I jump straight to the punchline, or do we talk around it for a minute? Uh, man, great question. Wow, I'm gonna let you decide. Okay, so I'm just gonna go ahead and spoiler alert. Uh oh, the the church in Ephesus did this. Mm. They did what Paul talked about. Hey. There we go. And so, well, what did they do? Well, they stopped walking in the ways of the Gentiles mm. and the futility of the, They received this instruction. And it's cool because we don't always know what the churches did with what Paul said. Yeah. But we know that they received this instruction and they did it. Uh, they, they stopped practicing impurity, um, the sensuality, the greediness, all those things associated um, with that Gentile life so that they would stand out. Yeah. And cause they knew they were supposed to be imitators of Christ. They yeah. knew they were supposed to, to do that. And I'll tell you how we know that in just a minute. You may already know. So some of our listeners might too, but we'll just get to that in a second. Um, so but much tension. I know, I know, I know, but here, this is so interesting. And I mentioned it a couple of days ago, but it was that, um, that one little ask pastor John that the elders yeah. sent around about something. Do you notice that he doesn't, list specific sins here Mm, mm -hmm. that's so interesting he um he he does other places we know paul does in other places and sometimes it is appropriate to list specific sins i'm bringing you into a journey that i'm just personally on as a as a preacher as a communicator Yeah, yeah sometimes i list specific sins because i don't want people to miss guess what i'm saying i don't want them to misunderstand but I have definitely mentioned specific sins before because I want people to know I'm not afraid to say them. Mm-hmm. And 
I've been wrestling with, I don't know that that's always good. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes I've done it with like a chip on my shoulder almost. Mm-hmm. And I've just learned from, I'm learning. I'll say that I'm learning from this passage. I'm sure there were some horrible sins that he could have mentioned. Yeah. Re- and really hot topic sins probably he could have mentioned that would have really riled up the listener. Mm-hmm. But instead he just gives a general description of these are really bad things that are not a part of the Lord. Mm. And I just think that's something we can learn. Yeah, It's easy to speak strong, bold, condemning statements to culture, mm-hmm. but is the culture even going to listen? Yeah. You're really talking to Christians a lot of times. Absolutely. And I think we can just need to be, I think we can learn from the wisdom that the Holy Spirit gave Paul here about, Sometimes we do need to call out specific sins, but sometimes sins are just really bad and we all know they're really bad and we need to say, man, there's callousness in their hearts. Mm. There's ignorance. There's sensuality in the way they live. I think this is so graceful the way that he is talking about the culture. He almost is saying, I, you can almost read in there like, I love those people. You don't live like them though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of the benefit of, you know, you can kind of like look at the fruit of sin or you can look at the root of sin. Yeah. And here Paul's looking more at the root, like sensuality, greed, um, you know, impurity. And, you know, but there's also passages where he's talking about like slander, gossip, orgies, you know, all the like very specific outward manifestations of it. But I think, you know, what we've kind of seen happen in the church where, uh, you know, and, and we're talking in very generalizing terms, uh, so obviously grace there. Uh, but I, I I think many of us grew up in contexts where sins were talked about very list-like, very particular. But what can happen when we're more aware of the specific outward manifestations of sin mm-hmm. and not really the root of it, is that the lists get slightly curated, you know? I, I just read a list today. I, this is so interesting. I just read a list today. A guy said, hey, look at this document. I'm not sure if I should sign it. So I was looking at the document and the document had um, alcohol, tobacco, and pornography. Th- those three, yep. the only three, the those three, three were listed. Um, it's the, uh, the ATP, nice. uh, not the ATF, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the ATP, alcohol, tobacco, and pornography. Yeah. All equally exactly the same. Mm. Wow, epic! Uh, <laughs> that that which is, illustrates your point. That yeah. is what we do. We but curate we, we it exactly curated, how we yeah. want it. And you know, a lot of times, I mean, that would be like you know, like a legalistic list. But you know, like even um, you know, sometimes the list like it's not wrong. But I think what has happened is a lot of the times we can become really hyper vigilant towards like you know gay pride or something that's sure. like we're, we're just like chomping at the bit on. But then churches are being torn apart by gossip and slander. That's exactly right. You know, and, and so like, I think what's important here is we're not shying away from anything, but it's actually a heck of a lot more bold to look at, you know, the the root of, you know, sensuality, which, you know, basically uh, the elevation and idolatry of things we can touch, taste, feel, you know, greed, Every kind, every kind mm. of impurity, this is not the way that you learned in Christ. That's right. 
And, you know, I, I really do. I'm glad that you made that point because, uh, you know, Paul, he, he will get specific and that is important. But, you know, we, we have to judge ourselves not by. And I think here's another thing is when we when we think about sin through lists is we're kind of knocking apples off the tree in our own personal sanctification. That's right. And so it's like, well, you know, I, I quit watching porn. I don't drink too much. I, you know, don't. You know, I'm not this kind of person or that kind of person. And so, like, I'm good. But really, like, greed is alive and well in our hearts. And it's just in these more hidden forms that we're not perceiving because it's not on our lists that we're carrying. That's exactly exactly right. And so we, you know, it's a whole new level of sensitivity to the spirit and aspiring, as Paul says uh, in yesterday's reading, or is that today's reading? Aspiring to the stature of Christ. Yes. And so, you know, I, I just think that there's a very high calling that we're called to mm-hmm. here. Okay. Let's finish the conclusion. The, the, let's let's take people off the cliffhanger. I know they're still, they didn't right. even listen to what we just said because oh, they're, they're still so wondering nervous. They're so how nervous. in the crap. world do we so know bad. that the yeah. Ephesians yeah. took this yeah, and yeah, lived yeah. this out <laughs> in uh, Revelation 2. Oh, man. Revelation. A letter to the church in Ephesus. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. This is Jesus speaking to the church. He says, I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance, how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. And here's the famous line but I have this against you. You have abandoned the love that you had at first. Mm. Remember, therefore, from when, where you have fallen, repent, do the works you did at first. And if not, I will come to you and I will remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Mm. You know, well, what, when you hear that passage and you see Paul's warning, they clearly did this, right? They, they did they abandoned the ways of the Gentiles and they began to walk very purely towards the Lord. How do you think in that they lost their love for God though? Hmm. That's such a, that's, I think that's a question that we have to say, well, how did they lose their love? Cause they did it. They did what Paul said here. Yeah. But somehow in the process, they lost their love for the Lord. Cause I think this is very transferable for us. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's that, uh, it's the, sorry, I'm like processing all this. Oh yeah. Again. Yeah. I threw that out at you. This, this is, is the is beauty. This is the beauty. RDR is not a very edited podcast. <laughs> it It's duty over delight, essentially, you know, it, it's responding, um, yeah. not in, in pursuit of the love of Christ. And you know, that, that great prayer from chapter three to, you know, know the love of Christ and that he would dwell in our hearts richly through faith. Mm. Um, but responding, um, through like obligation and, and, you know, I don't know, is that, I think you're spot on. I think, I think what happens so often is Christianity becomes behavior modification. If we're not careful, Mm. you, you get into a Bible study, you get into a small group, you've come to faith in Christ, you're walking with the Lord, and you make some really good changes by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And it brings you closer to the Lord, 
and some more changes happen by the grace of God, you become more and more Christ-like. But if you're not careful, you'll go back to some of those old ways of saying, I am going to become more disciplined. I'm going to become a better, a better and better and better Christian. Then I start to look down on some other people who aren't quite as good of a Christian as me, well-behaved, as disciplined. And it becomes this kind of like, it becomes this kind of badge of honor or of, of how many ways you obey the Lord. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in that process, the Lord faded into the way, way, way background. Mm. And I can't, I can't critique your walk because you're like your, your behavior, your behavior is very good. You're very good. Beha- yeah. You're a very well-behaved Christian. Yeah. But what I can wonder is like, is there any joy in that? Yeah, absolutely. Is there any grace of the Lord in that? Um, cause if not, there's really no like reflecting Christ. You're now just reflecting your discipline mm-hmm. and your ability. And so I think we just have to be really careful that we say, Hey, I want to adjust my life as a response to say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let that be the motivation for every change that is made Amen. for every leaving the ways of the Gentiles mm-hmm. as a response to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Amen. Great word to close on today in Ephesians 4. For Thomas Nelson, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.